Kelly, they say that the North won't accept a Southern Bob Dylan podcast. They will if their king does. They chose you to lead them. They chose you to protect them. Isn't their survival more important than your pride? This is Sign on the Windows. Mixed up confusions. Game of Thrones <laughs> recap, not recap. Of episode four, Spoils of War. All right, welcome to Mix Up Confusion, where we look at Game of Thrones. This is a Game of Thrones podcast. You don't have any Game of Thrones podcasting in your life, so we appreciate you spending the time with us. Now, Kelly, I last week I said I was going to look at all the show watchers, only the people who just talk about the show. So I've got a couple notes. I want to throw those out before we even get started in the recap, not recap, when we do the tour around the world. So these are people who have only watched the show. So there's utter confusion about when Bran says that chaos is a ladder. Oh my god, that's right. Couldn't hear it, so they had to go, they had to turn on their subtitles. Um, I thought it was pretty clear, but fair enough. And then the confusion of, where did that come from? Why did he say that? Why did he say that? Yeah, we didn't quite understand, like, what was going on there. Um, They thought that John was going to ride a dragon this episode. I thought that was just... They really did, huh? Again, the the most interesting part about any person that watches the shows, even with, like, a modicum of interest, is that they know enough theories out there. Mm -hmm. So John, it's not a theory. He's a Targaryen. They're at least following along, if you will, with that, or reading a recap at least every week, if not knowing what's going on. So they thought he was going to ride the dragon. They're super in on that. Uh, they do love Dickon jokes, which is great nice. to know. The world is totally on board with that. Um, they knew uh, Tyrion was a secret Targaryen. So again, a little bit of lore. They were like, okay, so if Jon's on it, Tyrion's of course going to go and, and be the dragon riders. They knew what that was, which shocked me. Um, but then they get to moments where they forgot who was on uh, Arya's list. And they thought for sure that Sansa was on it. Why? That is the most wild thing I've ever heard in my life that they would think that. And it got real dark. Yeah. And then they huddled over a computer and confirmed uh, who's on the list. So actually, and of course, not Sansa. Not even close. But you know what? <laughs> and, and when they, and, But again, I love them because they just walk away like, oh, I, I could have sworn she was on there. Okay. Why? But no one's mad. No one's upset. Everyone's like, I'm glad we went through that together. So they're slowly learning. I really appreciated that. And so before we even go further on, because we're going to talk about the list, I kind of wanted to go over the list really quick. So if you're a show watcher, here's the list for you, just so we all know. And just for the record, I'm a show watcher, well, and I take offense to this. No, no, sure. You know what I mean. Like, uh, I guess it's – yeah, you do have to be more specific. Yeah. Yeah, just casual watcher. How about that? Casual yeah. watcher. Um, okay, active. We still have active. Cersei Lannister, number one, first and foremost. The Mountain, because of his war crimes at Harrenhal, so he's being a huge – He's been a huge bad guy. The Red Woman for mm. taking Gendry away, which is, you kind of forget those ones. That's You're right. like, oh, shit. Some season three shit. I know. And then Beric Dondarrion and Thoros of Mir. Not good because they heading up that way. And they're doing, she wants to kill him because he sold Gendry away. And then, of course, Ilan Payne because he just took off Ned's head. Man, I forgot these Gendry-centric Gendry stuff. Shit. I'll be your family. Yeah. That's right. Inactive dead. These are people who are no longer on the list because they ain't dead. Or in the case of the Hound inactivated so we've confirmed that the hound i think there was a, a thing in the house of black and white where she, she was like who's on your list or whatever and she would say the hound and she's like nope oh that's right yeah so i think the hound is is, is confirmed okay walder frey x'd Marin trant x'd um 
Joffrey, not X by her hand, but she would have loved to do it. And they mentioned that in the episode, which was great. She wanted to kill Tywin Lannister for the Red Wedding. He's done. Polliver, justice for Lomi. Polliver's dead. And then Rorg, you remember that one? She was going to kill the guy. And then she felt bad about it because she didn't know what his name was. And then she asked him for her na- for his name and he just gave it to her. And oh, then from she the House him. of Black and White kill? No, no. This oh. was before that. This was with the Hound. Mm. Yeah, she was going to kill the guy. But it ended up Rorg was – she knew the guy. She didn't have his name. But she knew he was one of the guys I think was associated with Polliver or something like that. I kind of forget. Gotcha. But she wanted to kill him. But she didn't have the name. And the Hound was like, just ask him. It's like, what's your name? And he says, Rorg. Oh, that's like, right. Okay, Rorg. Because a man needs a name. Exactly. So, yeah, and that obviously makes great overtones for her becoming no one. And then we'll keep our uh, Chiswicks, Dunsons, Sir Lorks, and Raph the Sweetlings to ourselves. Those ones aren't on the list in the show. That's book. That's, that's book stuff. Nonsense. That's Raph the Sweetling. <laughs> Don't you worry. All right, so let's go to the episode before we even start. So let's start exactly where they started in High Garden. So this is going to be a short scene, a short, short little talk. This is a, a completely brawn. Jamie, I guess Charlie and, and Dickon show up. So Jamie. Rickon. Dickon. <laughs> uh great scene. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed it. It was um the Lannisters always pay their debts, but Braun is not Don't fucking say it. Don't fucking say it. Braun is not into it. He wants more. <laughs> He wants fucking high garden. He does. What a baller move. I mean, right? <laughs> That's amazing. That shit over there looks nice. How about that one? Jamie's right. Upkeep. Terrible. No. Gotta wait. Gotta I wait. just like, oh, because the, the burden of being handsome and wealthy. <laughs> what a cripple. The money's weighing you down, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean, well, and it's, it's true. The Iron Bank has taken all of it. And I don't think Jamie even cares because he just learned. Lady Olena just kill her kid, his kid. Well, I mean, Brian kind of nailed it. He's like, give you one last prick of the balls. Sure did. Sure did. Sure did. <laughs> and I wanted to cut off her head, but I kept my cool, I guess. Uh, that's pretty much the scene. Uh, obviously, we get um, Tarly showing up, just being kind of a weird dick. And then we have Dickon being kind of just a normal guy. Mm. Kind of like me some Dickon. He's fine. Yeah. It's great, actually. Let's keep him around. All right, let's go to King's Landing. Great scene. A lot of Mycroft. Yeah. A lot of bank talk. A lot of money talk. A lot of loan stuff. So this was probably the most prevalent thing right after the episode. Uh, nobody going back to rewatch it or – I don't know. Just like, again, it all moves so fast. We, I, I was convinced that, um, that the chariot in the battle, the loot train rob – no, not robbery. The loot train battle, loot train attack, whatever. Bullshit. Um, I thought that that was for sure the money. Not yeah, the so in the, in the the high garden scene, we obviously see, see Jamie, you see all the money, uh, and it's it's going. But I thought it was with the rest of the train. So did I. It's not. We thought for sure it was destroyed because they make a point to show a horse and a carriage on fire, uh, which they did was... just to center us as to where our characters were, right. which was really ingenious and worked really well. Because then we get Jamie losing a sound. We'll get to that later. But yeah. great. But I just thought there was more. The reason the sound went, the reason everything went, was like. Oh fuck, that's our goal. Because that's we crucially get missed Randall Tarley saying, "The gold made it to King's Landing." <laughs> yeah, he basically did exactly what the people in Episode One did, leaving the tavern at the crossroads, saying, "That way's King's, that way's King's Landing. <laughs> Let's go to King's Landing." Oh, Aria, better not go this way. We missed it completely. We missed directional cues. Anytime the word King's Landing happens, apparently we're like, "Huh?" Well, in reality, any any shift to another scene is going to involve one fucker just being like. 
well, East of us is Eastwatch by the sea. Like, you just, I think we get so stoked on, like, the end of a scene right. that we just, like, blank out on, on the first line of dialogue, no matter what it is. Who knows what else we've bl- missed throughout the years. So, uh, so Mycroft keeps talking about gold. And that's another, that was a cue for me. Like, you are talking way too much about this fucking gold. Like, surely it's not getting it's there. It's not going to make it. But it made it. Whatever. Golden Company. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. So Golden Company, there's other podcasts out there in the world that delve deeper into them. We're not going to do that because we assume you've listened to those throughout the week. So we're going to go. All you need to know is that it's a really well-regarded mercenary army from uh, Bravos. Yeah. Well, from, I think, just well, over Asos. Asos. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and they have ties to Westeros and they've had, they've attacked Westeros in the past. So, again, point's been made. Great Cersei short-term move. It will blow up in her fucking face. What I got to thinking of, though, is that if you were making overtures to the Golden Company, um, I feel like you could also – you there there are two things that could potentially happen. One is that I don't know where these overtures are taking place, right? They could be taking place from Marine to Yunkai on down, right? It can get that far or it could just be Pentos. There's a huge gap between the two of those places. But in Pentos, you have Ilario. True. Who is obviously – Big fan of of uh, Targaryens, of Targaryens, and specifically of Daenerys. And the show is not going to do Young Griff. It's not going to do Fagon. It's not going to do a usurper. You know, that's, so his attention should not be divided. So the tension, yeah, exactly. So it should just be directed right there, which makes me think. Okay, so either Ilario is going to put in motion an overture to the Golden Company to go to Westeros, essentially to be to attack. To, to stand before the queen and then fucking attack them. Just fight from the inside. Ooh, like, you are now the inside. I feel like that's a possibility. And that's our first Ilario sight from, I mean, all the way back to season one, which would be intense. Yeah. The other thing that I could see happening is if they ended up going to, like, Yukai, Marine, like, any one of those places, I feel like this is where Dario could essentially intercept them. Because he's still over there. He, he is. Now, he's with the Second Sons. Totally different. But if for some reason the Golden Company were, like, a little bit, eh... I feel like Dario would see this as his in. You know, he knows that this is something that would really help Daenerys. And he loves Daenerys. And we'll get into that idea a little bit later on. But I feel like because of that love, which we see with, you know, Masande, we see with Grey Worm, we see with all the people that she says chose Danny and love Danny. Dario is certainly one of those people. Jorah's coming over. He's certainly one of those people as well. I feel that Dario would find a way to get on Cersei's side to do exactly what I just posited with mm-hmm. the Golden Company, essentially become their cell swords and sell himself out. Even if he died, he would um that would be fine for him because Daenerys would benefit greatly from whatever he could possibly do. That's a good point. I kinda of forgot Dario was over there. Yeah. I feel like we have not seen the last of Dario Naharis. It would be weird if we if we never saw him again. Yeah, it would be weird. I don't think it would be unexpected, but it would be strange to not get a postscript of some kind. Yeah. But I, the idea of him just like, I'm running Marine, just doesn't flow with me. I just don't think that he would really enjoy it. No. And then Cersei has an interesting line. She says, I too need to recover some things that belong to me. Yeah, I don't know what the How hell do she's we talking read that? about. Yeah. Okay, so she sent Kyburn over there to get the Golden Company, which seems weird, like weird ambassador pick. Well, I think he did, did he send Kyburn, or just Kyburn is making like contact with them like i don't know if kyburn's oh and yes, that's okay. although we never saw kyburn this episode so let's let's so i thought that he was i guess we don't want to assume going okay but let's say he went okay but either even weird if he call. didn't go yeah weird pick uh, and also is if 
if it is Kai Burn making contact, is it something that he specifically needs to acquire? Like, is it something that, like, what the hell could Cersei have in Essos? I know. That's, well, he would know. I mean, again, he got stripped from being a maester because he he practiced the dark arts, essentially. I mean, there's no other way to than to Harry Potter it. So he, he, he would know of the weird, dark magic, essentially, out there in the world, and he would be Tom Riddle trying to grab it and get into it which brings us back to like the dragon binder and the horn of winter all the stuff that is you know lore mostly in the books hasn't been mentioned in the show would be incredibly awkward um to have it introduced that's why the golden company makes sense like that's cersei's logical next move Mm -hmm. but what does she want you know because you can read it like that where it's like i'm gonna go to fucking valeria and grab i don't know grab the lannisters uh, valerian sword got lost Mm -hmm. there you know like there's a million things or I want to recover what's mine. Mine is the Seven Kingdoms. Right. I'm going and to I'm going to fight take Daenerys. Dragons down, yeah. yeah. Or I'm just going to like, I want to fight Daenerys. I'm going to yeah. take back what's mine, this whole thing. Yeah. So let's go. We only have two more places to go, really. So let's go to, well, we have three. I guess the loot train battle doesn't get its own place. But we're obviously going to end with that. So let's go to Winterfell. Winterloo, Winterloo, oh by the road tonight Tonight there will be no quarreling Everything is gonna be alright Oh, I see by the angel beside me Love it. It was an amazing, amazing Winterfell. So let's try to, like, go in order, I guess. Um, Mostly everyone's hanging out together, but we do start with Bran. Bran all by himself. Bran being weird. Being a dick to Mira. Yeah, so, yeah, that was really Deus Ex Mira. <laughs> That's right. TM, copywritten right here <laughs> outside of the window. Um, that was a sad ending, but before that, we obviously got Littlefinger. You've got some hot ideas about the cat's paw, about what Littlefinger gives Bran. Yeah. I don't give a shit about it. <laughs> I don't it's know Valerian this. Steel. I know. it's Okay, so obviously Sam found it in the book earlier at yeah. uh, this... Isn't that called the Citadel? He's at, well, he's at, he's like in the apartment complex next to it. Yeah, yeah, right, right. The, the apartment complex yeah. closest to the Citadel. Yeah. Uh, when he's Citadel doing Grove. His, his nighttime reading. Yes. Yeah. So there's a picture of it. So okay, boom. Then this makes it important. <laughs> Not to you though. <laughs> no, the, the it's Valyrian steel, so that's a big deal. But that was a big deal from the season one, where it's like this only person that has a ton of wealth would have this little finger up with it. Blah blah. blah. The but little finger also lied in the previews. He said. Tyrion won it off of me in a game. Right, yeah. That's and then all in bullshit. this one, he said, I don't know where it came from. Yeah. You know, so you're not even lying correctly. It's it's all He bullshit. doesn't know what he's working with with a tree wizard, but I still. It's just, okay, so that's that's to me, like, that's why it doesn't matter. And the hilt is made of dragonglass, so we're thinking that maybe it's. Well, the hilt has. It's adorned with dragonglass. Right, sorry. and it's, so we're thinking it might be Aegon's potentially. Tar- or or Rhaegar. But that does that really fucking matter? No, no it doesn't. Like, it just doesn't really matter. So the only thing I can think is that they're going to try to turn it into some, like, ooh, a reason to hate Littlefinger. As if we don't have enough reasons to hate Littlefinger. And that's not interesting to me. That's why I'm just like, I don't give a shit about this. Not you. I think that you're onto something. I don't think that it, I don't think it does actually matter. I think that it's much more just an interesting thing. It's an interesting thing to exist. I think that what it does is motivate characters in a certain way. It motivates Sansa to essentially vocalize out loud 
that Littlefinger's a scumbag. She knows that. Right. But Arya doesn't right off the... I mean, Arya knows, but Arya doesn't... You know, she's still feeling her way through. But you mean her warning of, like, Littlefinger would never give you give something you without, if he didn't want something in return. Right. And obviously, you know, Tree Wizard, he's got it. He knows what's <laughs> going on. But, like, for me, what struck me was, like, giving it to Arya. Right. And... What I what I saw, and I, I haven't seen anywhere else, and again, it's probably just me reading way too much into this, but what I saw was what they do in movies and TV shows all the time, which if we're talking about Game of Thrones now, it's much more of a conventional show than it was in season two, season three. They lingered on that brand. Bran is just like giving that knife over to Arya and kind of holding his hand as if he's almost like regretting it, as if it's like there's a lot of weight and power that I'm giving it giving this to, I'm giving this to you it has a huge significance and I'm like placing it gently into your I don't know it, it's just the way that he was doing that it's kind of like the look that Littlefinger gives Sansa in the crypts you know where there's a lot that you can read into that I felt like this was one of those I've not seen anything about it I'm probably just crazy I mean that's but, the only way it can matter to me is if Arya uses it to kill somebody important Arya's gonna go somewhere over the course of an entire year let's say and maybe at the end of the year, she's going to do something that eventually she gets the, the dagger in one way or the other. Bran can already tell that that dagger is destined, if you will, for Arya, just like other things are destined for other characters. Like Being steely toward Mira gets Mira into this, this emotional state that then takes her to where she needs to go. Like He knows where people need to be for the final battle. Maybe he can't see beyond the final battle, but I feel like everything that he's doing is almost like... He's intentionally hurting people. He's intentionally giving people weapons only to get them from something that would take them a year, 10 years of emotional turmoil and shit into a nice right now, right right now. now. You have to feel this right now because in the next moment, you're going to have an opportunity with that blade to do that thing that would take you a full year to do. But now you have it right here. And if you do it now, this will help us to come. And the reason I think this if that wasn't crackpot enough, is that I think that Brandon Stark is Bran the Builder, is Bran the Every Bran, but Bran is also the Night King. And so Bran is everyone. Bran is everyone. Well, well every, all of those people. Bran flakes. <laughs> it's true. It's, he feels the pain every time you take a chop. Um, no, I feel like Bran, this is my crackpot theory, Bran is the Night King. And the reason why he can't see beyond what's to come is that he's putting everybody in the last logical place of his memory. I've done all that I could for everybody. Then we can potentially beat the Night King, even if I'm the Night King. Because then you can end me. And then the Three-Eyed Raven is gone. All of it's gone. Like, maybe magic disappears from the world. But what's the alternative? You know, Brand, the Night King killing? Brand, the Tree King? <laughs> like I don't know. Um, I'm with you all the way up until the Night King part. I mean, I do think that Bran could be Bran the Builder. He could be every like throughout the years he has existed in one way or another. And I also think that he definitely could be positioning people in a way like you get paradoxical really quick if you think about it too much. But um, it's hard to explain. I mean, I get it. Like he knows everything, and he needs people to get. That's how time travel works. You have to do the thing for it to happen in the future. I'm just thinking of Lost. <laughs> oh. Uh. <laughs> But it's true. I mean, that was a concept on Lost, too. It was like, this is going to happen, and we have to be here. I mean, with the nuke, it's like, I have to be here. We have to be right now, because this is when the nuke goes off. Right. Game of Thrones kind of steps it up to another level, where someone's taking all of 
all of brand manity. Brand manity. Oh my god. <laughs> so I, I don't doubt that. Uh, my again with the the dagger specifically. And but why? Like mm-hmm. why is it's it gonna cool. matter? I don't know. I, I mean, it's know. fun to see it come. Back. I just want to know why should we need that specifically? I think it's just a, at the end of the day, it's going to just be that little finger did it. And, and then, we just didn't we just didn't sell out on which we should have we should have resolved it. I think episode. she's just going to use it to hurt somebody, or possibly little kill somebody. Finger. And the fact that it's that knife is going to be incidental. Like it could have been literally any knife that just happened to be the one that she had because Brand gave it to her. Possibly. And it just feels better because it was that knife, but it I, didn't have to be that <laughs> knife. You know what I mean? I love it. I hope this knife is uh, sits on the Iron Throne at the Fucking end of this. Bin. Uh, <laughs> but let's talk about the real thing: Arya coming home. Mm, Arya amazing. Coming home. What a great scene. Uh, book nod to, you know, you're just impersonating Arya. Of course, it's Jean not... Jean or whatever. Jean Poole, yeah. yeah. So, there you go. See, you're you're up on it. What's so, up? that was a nice little thing. I lo- just love the guards. I love the guards' hat. Hit their ha- their uh, helmets, helmets are so dorky. Oh, oh Winterfell helmets are rough. Oh, they were two rough, rough dudes. Mm-hmm. And I love them. And I would I would totally watch a spinoff with them any day. <laughs> the guards. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how people read the scene between Arya and Sansa as negative reception. I yeah, think it was... Surprising wholly appropriate for what they've been through. I think that they absolutely... That was a double hug. That was a fun joke, like, do I have to call you my lady now? Yeah, you do. I'm glad you saw it as a joke, too. I just... I think that it was funny. So, yeah, anyone who saw that as icy or anything, I think that it was all family love. And then... However... Sports. (laughs) True. (laughs) Definitely some sports. But but there were a few moments in there. A little... A little more than just, like... Family reunion because, right. like, when Sansa or when Arya says, "like it suits you being lady," mm-hmm. I think that's kind of a weird dig because that's all she ever wanted was to be a queen. She wanted to be oh, the you queen. That was a dig. I thought it was more like, "I'm proud oh, of you. I'm proud mm-hmm. of you. You made it. You got what you wanted." I don't know, but it's loaded because we know what happened to Sansa. She doesn't though. So if you take it as like, "Oh well, yeah, this is what you always wanted. I'm glad you got what you wanted." Yeah, but Arya always thought that was a dumb thing to want. It was, but I feel like she's a different person now, and she wouldn't belittle her sister for wanting it. Oh, I'm glad. Okay, that's yeah. that's interesting. I think that both of them are right. I don't think you can tell right off the bat, and that's uh, chalk that up to pretty good writing and really great acting. So for I sure. really enjoyed that. And then I I love the, the the Ned stuff. The Ned stuff was the best. Mm-hmm. Like when it's like it doesn't look like him. That statue is bunk. I'm just a humble motherfucker with a big ass dick. You give yourself too much credit. Okay then. I ain't all that humble. <laughs> that scene is like up there, so good. Just like everyone is dead. Everyone no in one his face is dead. Everyone in his face is dead. Um, personally, I cannot wait for the Arya Sansa Stone Masonry spinoff <laughs> uh, on DIY Network. I so just, that's going to be really great when they're because they do they they remember his face. They could totally make a new statue montage. of them making mm-hmm. the, the new statue. <laughs> And it looks like a crazy ass. It's like, that's dad. Yeah. We did it with our own two hands. Yeah. And then obviously we're not dead, which is great. Yeah. And also, don't say stuff like that. Don't say shit like that. Don't say it out loud. Because you guys are going to die. Oh, yeah. And I don't feel good about that. No. And, and then I, uh, Sansa finding about Arya's list was obviously like... was great. She didn't believe her. She didn't believe her. She doesn't believe in it until Bran... Yes. Sells her if that's what's up. Yeah. So Which was moment. great because it's one of those things where it's like, I would have killed Joffrey if I could. Like, everybody would have killed Joffrey if they could. And yeah. it's like, oh, you were, you really could have killed Joffrey <laughs> if you could. Yeah. I think that, that that's another, that's probably the, the spot of Sansa ness that kind of gets me the most worried is because I don't know how to read her. So let's, let's get to the reading after the great Brienne 
Arya duel. But before even that, Brienne and Pod, what a great scene of them watching the three of them walking through the courtyard. And Pod's just like, girl, you did it. He's like, shut up, Pod. I I can't have emotions. But also, thank you. Yeah, cry. (laughs) One tear. No, you didn't see that. You didn't see that. Uh, Pod, uh, the greatest. I I really love his, his upbeat attitude. He is just always a great thing to watch on screen. I love how much he cares about Brienne. I I, I love how much he cares about the people that he is supposed to care about. Yeah. Like, legitimately tries and gets his ass beat over and over and over and over (laughs) and over again. Yeah, one of my coworkers said, um, watches it with her husband and just earnestly, they're they're one of those casual watchers that don't really know the names of the people and all of that. But um, she told me that her husband just like, right when they were fighting, just was, he said, uh, Pot should definitely be further along in his training uh, at this point. It's <laughs> like the true. little things that you know you catch, you catch. I don't ever think about it. I'm just like Pod's here to get his ass beat, but everyone else is like, oh, I was, I was really hoping Pod was going to be better this week. I thought he'd be a nightmare. You don't now. know Bronze name, but you're like, damn it, that kid should be better at fighting. <laughs> Sweet, <laughs> fantastic. And then the fight was, I mean, God, this is one of the best, one of the best things I've ever seen. Wonderful. I think mean, it was a. It was loaded. It was loaded with so much. Too. Like Brienne, obviously, like kind of going a little soft because it's like you start water dancing. The same thing that the hound did, laughed in her face. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Um, that sword's too small, my lady. And that's pretty. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think that um, even the hound has said shit like that too. Yeah. Um, but then it got real. Yeah. Real, real. So that like kick to kicking. Arya's chest should have knocked the fucking wind out of her. She should not have been able to breathe. Yeah. Much less do a fucking scorpion kick in the air. And, like, that, come back. Oh, that was a cool little yeah, fight. That was fucking awesome. And then just like, I love pulling the knives on each other and just the smile they had on their face. I didn't notice the Ugh. first time uh, when they're doing that, when Brienne's got her basically, and then Arya grabs the dagger, she throws it to her other hand. Oh, really? It was really cool. It was super fast. She like flips it out of her right hand, throws it to her left hand, and, and then uses sh- her left hand to lunge yeah. at Brienne because she's not expecting Ugh. it. Really cool. And then after that, we get the great, I mean, it was so good. It was so predictable that she was going to say no one, but oh, I, was, I think that that alone oh, was who worth, taught you that? No. yeah, that was worth all of House of Black and White. Oh, yeah. And also, Loaded, who taught you that, who taught you those moves, Ciro Farrell, secret God. faceless man, confirmation. Are you in that camp? Are oh, you in that Ciro's yeah. alive Dude, camp? he's still alive. He's chilling somewhere. He's, he's, so. he's coming back. He's taking down the Night King. And he's sitting on the throne, so deal with it. What did you think about Sansa's reaction to the sports? Do you think that? Uh, terrible. She is not happy. and But why? Why do you think? <sighs> That's hard to read. How, what do you think? I think she's sad because part of her sister is gone. I think it's a combination of like... And Bran's gone, so it's like... Yeah, I think it's all that. I think it's like, I'm so happy to see my sister. She's grown, but we can grow together. It's like her watching Arya be so different, like knowing shit's been taken from her. And thinking about all the things that have been taken from Sansa, that have taken from herself, and just like, shit might actually never be the same. Like, I love, I'm so happy we're together, but are we, can we be? Like, yeah. But then I, wor- I, I worry that it's more than that, though. I worry that it's some fucking weird, bad thing. Yeah. The show is different now than it ever has been before. We're and a little too precious about our characters, I feel like. We, well, we are, even even when we get to, you know, the, the epic loot and greatly named loot train battle. Mm. Um, yeah, they they wussed out. You know, they didn't kill Bran. They didn't kill Jamie. They didn't kill anybody. Everyone's fine. Um, and an earlier know. show, they would have taken Bron out. I mean, it didn't didn't matter. Any one of those people going, even if it was Bron, Bron is probably. I I, I would have felt for Dickon honestly. <laughs> like if you killed Dickon, I would have at least I would have felt something. I would have been, the world would have been a little less. 
Um, but with Braun, it would have been it would have been tragic. But that would not have compared to what it would have been for Jamie. It wouldn't have compared what it would have been. I don't know how to read her reaction, and I'm nervous. Before we get to Dragonstone, I want to bring up something that we brought up before, which is rewatching this. I've I've seen it twice. Um, I think most people usually watch and then rewatch. I have found myself watching it live. I do not do what we talked about on this podcast, which is savoring the moment. We just roll through it so fast. And the second time, I really put myself in a space where I could just watch Arya and Sansa. And I would highly suggest if you feel like everything's going too fast, to do that. To like rewatch the episodes and like put everything away and just like sit with it and just listen to every word and every music cue, every beat. I, when Game of Thrones is on, I do not do that. I am too hype. I'm too talkative. <laughs> we, I mean, we watch it together. We lose our minds. Mm-hmm. That loot train battle was so good yeah. that we missed Randall Tarley telling us <laughs> crucial information that honestly would have actually dulled the battle a little bit. I kind of wish we didn't know because it, it, for me, it was so heightened. I was like, the money's gone. <laughs> it's over. The Lannisters are done. Like yeah. that was a really cool feeling. And then it's like, oh, it's not. People who knew, who heard Randall Tarley, <laughs> never got to have the euphoria that we got. Oh, shit. <laughs> but I'll never know what it's like to understand the show fully the first time. <laughs> so I guess there's a trade-off of some kind. All right, so I just suggest you do that. Yeah. Uh, all right, to Dragonstone. Missy and the Worm. Big reveal. Dang. I love her face. They, oh, my God. Th- their friendship is one of my favorite They're things on the show. Deliciously adorable. Oh, my God. Like, the way they look at each other. Oh, my God. They're so cute. They're so great because it's like they really care about each other and respect each other. And it's so weird that there's this great equal footing. Like, obviously, they're not equals because she's the queen, but like, they're not. They talk to each other. They talk to each other like friends. Danny has a friend. Yes. Well, that gets to what I was talking about Danny using love as a weapon. We'll get to that later. Anyways, I agree. Cute. But you know what's not cute is extending those same exact looks to a one Jon Snow sitting down at the bottom of those stairs because Uh. that same Grey Worm. Little, oh yeah, that was, we're doing the laugh thing that we're like, knowingly we know. Look down to John, my lady, and we turn to each other again and do the same looks. So if you don't, if you missed that that time. Twice. Absolutely. So no, 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 no. We are, we are anti, we are anti. We need that to be clear. If you want a pro podcast, go listen to some other trash place. Because we are anti-Danny We're not into it. Yeah. Not into it. So, um, no. Anyways. Moving on, which you can't really get away from it because even when they're in the caves, she's he's touching her and come on, she. Well, I did want to talk about the that scene for a second just because the music in that scene was like Jurassic Park. Not really. Yes, I I agree to the point of like it's uplifting. I it was so markedly different than literally every piece of music that's ever been on the show, and I fucking loved it. I Whether think or not you true. think it sounds like Jurassic Park, well, no, it just started swelling yeah. to the heights where you're gonna go right. into the Jurassic Park theme song. I thought that was coming. It's just so <laughs> it was so fun and, and and different, and I just it made me feel like excited. Like th- that's the music you hear in the movie within the last 30 minutes like we're gonna win we're gonna win oh, and shit. it's like it was so cool it was so good that Kelly, dude... we're gonna win if we bend the knee yes and that's fine <laughs> bend the fucking knee no don't bend the knee bend the knee John no bend the knee to get to where I need to go with my story yes the story I want to play in my head bend the knee but in reality do not bend the fucking knee <laughs> I mean I can't stress this enough bend the knee, John. so what do we think about those symbols the white walkers I guess I guess the reveal here was that the children of the men 
Children of Men is a movie. It is. <laughs> Starring Clive Owen, great movie. Uh, the Children of the Forest are the ones who, and or the men. I mean, I guess, I guess we don't fully know which is which, but because um, they're both in the cave in theory at the same time. All those symbols are the symbols we've seen with the body parts and everything Spirals. that they've done. Mm-hmm. That's not a White Walker thing. That's a Children of the Forest thing. What does what does that mean? The symbols specifically, yeah. I don't yeah, know. like what kind of? And there's no answer to it. But like, right. those are the questions to ask. Like, what do the symbols do for them? Why do they do it? Are they trying to communicate with the children? Is it just something they were taught to do? I don't know. It's fascinating, though. It's like mm-hmm. a total language that like we don't know, and we don't have any children in the forest left. They all died. In theory, they all died um, with uh, Summer Hodor and the Three-Eyed Raven. So at least one did. They had one with them, right? One, but. I, Where's the rest of them? I don't know. It I could mean, be that's hidden somewhere in... for sure. And people think that there's some in the God's eye and yeah. The eye oh of, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So that's a possibility. I just thought it was really interesting to see those things. Yeah, it was really cool. I don't know where they got that blue paint. Or <laughs> Get out of here! But... All right, and that's an important change too that we kind of talked about is um, the Night King. So in the books, Fourteenth Commander goes off, sees someone in the over in the over in the winter. Commander of the Night's Watch goes over there. Gets involved with them, goes crazy. Theoretically, has sex with the White Walker, turns or into the whoever. Night King. It was a woman, but yeah. which is interesting because they're all men now. So what's all that about? Show is not doing that because if the wall came up after the White Walkers, after the Long Night, that and the Night King was a member of the Night's Watch, then he would be after. So there would be no way to get these paintings done uh, in a Dragonstone cave about somebody that essentially, in theory, at least in the book world. Um, went crazy, did his shit, and then disappeared. And that's where we're, in theory, I guess, because we've never met them in the books. But if that is the right person in the same story, then he essentially went off, became the Night King or whatever, found all the White Walkers, and then is now going to march on the rest of, you know, bring down the wall and do all the shit that he's doing. But in this world, the, the Night King always existed, and he was part of the Long Night, which would not sync up with the books. Um, yeah, it was an interesting reveal. That kind of kiboshed anybody thinking that it was going to sync up in any way. And that's why they call it the Night King and not the Night's King, which semantics, mm. but it was always different. And I think that threw people when they first named it the Night King instead of the Night's King. Interesting. Because in the HBO, the first time it ever showed up in a, in a blurb, they called it the Night's King with a apostrophe S. And so they got people real hype. And I think that hype has never really gone away. Even though they've they've fixed it multiple times now, and everything is Night King, people say Night King. Nobody's ever said Night's King, but you get one blurb out there in the world, <laughs> they'll never let you forget it. So, anyways, I thought it was really cool. I thought it was interesting, and I love jokes about like Davos majoring in art and going into the caves and making all of this, and like people think that. John, well, yeah, just people. <laughs> it's amazing. We really need a seller on this shit. Go yeah. paint some stuff. Go paint some stuff. Oh, I, I have a degree in art. I can do that. Uh, Oh, I think that there's a possibility that John bend the knee in the cave, just saying we cut. Well, bend the knee in a certain way. Not no. Him. You got witnesses to bend the knee. You can't just bend the I think, You bend the knee in another way that doesn't need uh, witnesses. I mean, I don't really think, but I also think that. I oh, no. Mind. You know, it's funny because like, I want to make incest jokes, but I don't want to make them because I don't. Good. That's a good urge. Go with yeah. that urge. But then I just did, and it was funny, and I liked it. Okay. So it's going to keep going. No. There's no way. Uh, Danny's war team sucks. Uh, Tyrion is not, <laughs> just not good. Just not good at what he's doing. Uh, don't know what to say, really. Um, although, another missed uh, line of dialogue, I think for most people, 
um, was Tyrion said, we still have enough ships to get the Dothraki to the mainland. Totally missed that. That one I got. You caught that one. Totally missed it. Um, I wasn't upset about the Dothraki because I assumed they had ships, but after the episode, I think people were like, how did the Dothraki, I thought all the ships were destroyed. That's a fair assumption, but No, okay. They had enough ships to take the entire Dothraki horde and all the Unsullied from Essos to Westeros. They only sent the Unsullied, meaning they still had the remaining ships. Yeah, but with her, I don't know. I think you what you what I would assume if I was casual watcher is that you sent half to Castle Rock and half to Dorne, and both of those got fucked. Mm. And I'm sure that they sent more than half because I mean the way that he's talking about it, it's not like they have half their ships. It's not like they divided just that. enough. Enough. Yeah. So I think that they're pretty shit out of luck. I mean, yeah, they're, they're strapped. They're Things fucked. are not great for Danny's camp. Until no. Danny remembers she has a fucking dragon. That's true. Or and three. Three, for sure. <laughs> yeah, but only one person to ride it, which is a problem. Wonder how we can solve that. Let's talk about Davos. What a crazy young coot. I loved it. What a crazy young coot. He's just out of his mind. I noticed you staring at her heart. Uh, what a great line to John. Yeah. Uh, I missed the the fewer lines the first time. I missed pretty much all of this. I just kind of saw Davos being Davos, and I was just like so (laughs) hype in my head. I couldn't even like pay attention. But yeah, I noticed you staring at her good heart. Come on, Davos. But fair enough. Um, How many men? Oh, and then Grammar Nazi throwing in some Stannis stuff. Love that. 10,000 fewer and less. That was great. Mm -hmm. I did not get that the first time. And uh, speaking of good hearts, Masande of of North or wherever. Mm Mm-hmm. He's, he's talking about her. Sure is. Um, loved it. He's just a big, creepy old man. Fine. <laughs> Fine. Everybody brings up, you know, he, he, like, loves his wife in the books. This is not Book Davos. Book yeah. Davos is dead. <laughs> Swashbuckling Davos that is just, like, being a weirdo. Love it. He's the best. <laughs> being a weirdo. He's the best. Um, all right. So let's get into something, um, I think, substantial here. So do we buy Masende? Do we buy? And you're kind of a di- You've already spoken as somewhat of a Danny apologist that they love her. They love her. And sure, they're not equals, right? Because she's the queen. She's the mother of dragons, titles, titles, titles. But when she says that she would give her a boat to sail back to North or wherever she wanted to go, do you believe her? 100%. That she could go. 100%. Yeah. She's out of her mind. You don't think so? You don't no. think Danny would let her go? Nope. Because Danny would not have to work very hard to convince her to convince herself not to, to go. To stay. And I think that's Danny's most powerful weapon that I don't think that other people, Cersei certainly doesn't have. And Cersei has to use short-term goals and short-term power because nobody loves her. She's an unlovable person. Danny has done nothing but cultivate love from pretty much dragon on onward. Uh, Jorah does her bidding. Daria does her bidding. Tyrion does her bidding. And that's what makes, we'll get to next week's episode, but even him questioning What's going on with Danny now is interesting. I don't. I think she would let Missandei go because that's really her friend, and she really does care about her. I think that it would be such a blow to Danny, the person, because I do. I'm not. I'm not saying that like she's using it as just like a blunt force instrument, and, and she doesn't actually believe it. Like I really think she loves Missandei, but I think that she wields so much power that it's not like a fair love. It's not like a. It's like anybody that you look up to and respect obviously bought you. There's so many things. That like create an Prevented imbalance for ever being of power. Equal, yeah. yeah, so like she is working and operating under an assumption that Masende would never leave, and so I feel like if Masende did leave, I, I think she wouldn't burn her in a ship or something like that. But I think psychologically, it would fuck with her so much 
like why did this person that I love like not in like a romantic way or whatever like I couldn't keep Dario or whatever but like I think Missenia leaving would probably be the one thing that might like kind of turn her get her going evil evil Danny I don't just know. I don't know. She would be pretty torn up. Yeah. I mean, I would say that, especially if she just left without a reason. And then obviously the overtones with Mance Raider are pretty obvious. Um, talking about choice and everything like that. That's exactly what he, John said, or that he said to John. Right. Um, so the parallels are there, and I thought that was fascinating. I really loved it. And I think we get again to, I think choice. Choice is such a huge thing. And I think there's an idea of choice and false choice. And Jon Snow was chosen. Danny wasn't so much chosen as she was the only candidate. It was either slavery or her. That's not much of a choice. So I think it's interesting when we talk about choice that we shouldn't conflate. Like, Missende didn't really choose. It wasn't really an actual choice. However, I think this kickstarts the plot. John is going to bend the knee. Sansa is going to take over because she's feeling fierce. It's going to be great. <laughs> John is going to go back up to the north. Be like, fuck it, I'm going to Eastwatch. There's a battle going on there. I got to do it. They're going to see that he was ousted. Possibly they know he's a Targaryen. Who cares? He's no longer king of the north. Well, guess what he's going to be? King of the fucking free folk. Because they're going to fucking elect him. He's going to become king beyond the wall. But guess what? Wall's coming down. So he's not only the king beyond the wall. So he's the king. <laughs> Period. <laughs> How you like them apples? <laughs> I'm, giving, I'm giving good predictions right here. Right. Bran is all brands. I mean, can you imagine <laughs> Bran Stark fighting Jon Snow? Bran plays. Come on. It's going to be amazing. And dragons. All right. Loot train battle. Real quick. Let's just roll through it. Uh, Tarly. All the gold is entered King's Landing. <laughs> Crucial. Way to go, fucker. All right. Uh, Bron. Men shit when they die. They don't teach you that in fancy lad school. Love it. Way to go, Bron. Also, hearkening back to Robert. Talking about shitting. This whole scene was incredibly directed. For what it's worth, oh, the whole yeah. entire battle sequence is fucking amazing. The director, uh, you can tell, came from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I mean, if you've ever watched that, I mean, the battle scenes in that are crazy when Mac is, like, throwing garbage. I mean, the way that they get the, you know, crazy overhead shots of the right, garbage right. going, it's amazing. Uh, it, that surprised me. It was fucking incredible. They set records for the amount of people burned at one time in one sitting. I think it was, like, over 30 or something like that. Fucking wild. Explosions were all real. Oh, all the stunt work of up. all those people on horses, all the Dothraki jumping up on the oh, backs. My oh, my goodness. God. And just the the intelligence of the, the dragon coming in. Every time it came in, it looked fucking perfect. Oh, yeah. We are beyond the days, thankfully, of never-ending story. Like, mm-hmm. Danny looked like she was actually on that shit. Mm-hmm. It just was so swooping in and out of the smoke. It just appeared and, and like, Drogon just, like, comes in and then leaves and and. It's just so incredible every time. It's just so exciting to see him every time. And when he got hit, too, uh, the, yeah. the visceralness of the sound is also out of this world. I mean, when we lose it for Jamie, when mm-hmm. he's sort of seeing the carnage and the people, like, burning and melting to death inside their yeah. armor, it's amazing. The the arrow, every time that Braun was on Scorpion, which I think is a stupid name for that stupid fucking crossbow, but regardless. I mean, that's the name of an actual siege weapon. That's why that's, that's the name of... Stupid. Okay. Fine. <laughs> Although I love... Well, I... I Whatever. The weapon is whatever. It's a right. cool-ass weapon. And I love how versatile, how it moves. Mm-hmm. I'm just cool. not expecting that part, which is pretty cool. But I love when the Dothraki fucking, like, boom, mm. you know, hits the Dothraki with it. But it felt so visceral every time that he was pulling that stuff. Like, all that work with, like, the turning of the levers, the yeah. ropes pulling. Oh, oh my really? God. It puts you in. And, like, when he shot that one that hit Drogon, fuck. That was so good. Yeah. And Drogon coming down. 
like a fucking aircraft. You really get scared for oh. a second, man. You do. And even Danny, he saw her on her face. She's just like, this is up. how I you die. Gotta pull up. You gotta pull up. <laughs> like, I don't know what to do right now. And then he just lands and is like, oh, I gotta kick the shit out of this fucking crossbow, man. <laughs> Not expecting fucking crossbows here. Uh, yeah, it was fucking amazing. Logistically speaking, it was crazy. And, you know, Battle of the Bastards is one of those things where you spend like 30 minutes doing. This was not as long of yeah. a drawn out thing. So I I don't know. In terms of like where it stands, I don't know. Hard Home is still. I don't know if you can beat that. I think this um, was better. I had a hard time following the action in Hard Home as well as Battle of the Bastards because there's so much going on. I guess I guess stuff. I guess it's more emotional. That's the thing. Like, I guess what what did it for me so much in Hard Home and Battle was that there was that emotional element to it. Whereas this, the loot trait battle, and even the Watchers on the Wall, I think lacked that. It was much more just like heavy action, 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 action. There were a few spots, and I think the the one on the wall. You know, at least had Gren down there fighting the giant and stuff. I mean, there was a, with this one, there wasn't any sort of emotional, not cues like that. You know, where it's like we're gonna do this or we're gonna sacrifice ourselves. I think that got to the point that we were talking about where no one died. The stakes mm. should have been much higher. Bronn should have died. Jamie should have died. Somebody should have died. Um, and I think that this battle, I think we're gonna look back. It's not gonna be as, it's not gonna be as good because when everyone ends up dying in Eastwatch or something. It, better battle or not or whatever I feel like you're going to remember it more in the end I just think there's no way because we've been waiting for dragons to show up in Westeros for true, seven years true. and, and it fucking happened yeah. I think so, the only thing that can beat it is yeah all three dragons at the same time fighting white walking. Yeah, yeah, let's do that no one of them's gotta be a white walker but anyways <laughs> that's another story alright um, yeah that's pretty much it do we have any final thoughts on on the episode. Um, I feel like I did in the first... Oh, anyone that gives a shit about the grain that was destroyed, shut up. Like, <laughs> people are like... Well, the grain's important. I, I mean, it is, but look, like, you should have been more accurate with oh, your dragon. I know, I know. It's like, like it's shut up. A, it's a dragon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Also, it's a strategic move. While, sure, they need resources. Yeah. Absolutely, that is correct. It's a strategic move to destroy your enemies food sources yeah. like that's also you a good at least, idea yeah know that it's being done yeah. and because it's not ready. like they were going to share that shit with high like they're not going to no. share that with danny right so that's ideally you could have taken you it could have had it yeah but if you can't at least they can't have it either i guess right that, that's true but right. that speaks to yeah kind of a na- naivete of of how to run battles which is just take your dragon and burn it all true. who knows we'll see how it all plays out in the future next week is called Eastwatch. It was called Blood of the Dragon. So that's interesting. Oh, weird. They changed the name. Uh, either they changed it, they named it wrong, hmm. or they wanted to rename this episode to something um, less enticing, which I think they should accomplish. Because Blood of the Dragon, we start talking about John. Like, that's like, we're oh, getting to the point of like, he's going to Targaryen it up. We're going to do the Targaryen stuff. We're doing it. Eastwatch, obviously, not as enticing, but. If anything's like this, I mean, if we get fucking Eastwatch by the sea, if we get that fucking battle. Already? We get the wall going down. Oh, man. What? <laughs> Unfortunately, I think that it's, uh, I feel like everyone getting there, it's going to be, ha- it's going to be most of the episode. I mean, it could legitimately do an entire episode of all the characters going to Eastwatch. True. Getting to Eastwatch. And then next week would be the Eastwatch battle. Right. I'm kind of, see, again, I, I kind of hope that that's not the case because I want to get through Eastwatch and I want to fucking do it. Because yeah. I want the wall to come down or to see them not do it and be livid. 
<laughs> so it's one of it's one or the other. Or I just want them to give me a great episode that doesn't have to. You know, we don't always need a battle. We don't need all the battles in the world. Like, I, I wouldn't mind a, an episode putting people in place. So next week, I'm just going to read off what uh, what's coming next week. So Daenerys makes an offer to the lords of Westeros. Oh, so she's going to have Jamie prisoner. So. I think oh, yeah, she's gonna like talk, talk to Cersei. Jamie did get thrown into a very Jamie did get deep, de- very bowl deep, of water. very deep. He's fine. Yeah, but so we're assuming captured. I think he's captured. Yeah, some people think that Tyrion's gonna free him because he freed Tyrion. Possible. Which would be crazy because you've got the crazy Mad Queen. Yeah. I feel like maybe Tyrion dying at Daenerys's hand would be. Oof. Would be. Maybe a it's a way enough. to turn the audience for sure. Well, that's what I'm looking for, man. Yeah. I'm already Daenerys is a monster. We need to, to get more people on this side. No. You need to come, Queen Danny. Oh my God, Let's you're, do you're it. out of your goddamn mind. <laughs> uh, and then also Tyrion is worried about his queen's behavior and decisions. Yeah, well, we saw a little bit of a, a scene with yeah. uh, Varys and, and uh, Tyrion. Yeah. Varys would be like, "You need to rein her in, man," as if yeah, Tyrion can do anything well, he's about the hand of the queen. He's a hand. Yeah, but so. she should listen to her hand. Losing faith by this second because he keeps messing stuff he up. He keeps messing stuff up. And then finally, Bran has a vision of the Night King's army. Awesome. Yeah, but is it though? Because it's like, it also could just be like, hey, there's a whole bunch of them. Okay, let's skip this. Give me a goddamn flashback. I don't care. <laughs> I know the Night the night Army, or whatever you want to call them, yeah, the White Walker are coming Army, are coming. I know that. That's okay? True. Give me the flashback of the Trident. <laughs> That's all I want. God, please. Kelly. I never thought a Bob Dylan podcast would exist again. No one did. <laughs> the people who follow you know that you made something impossible happen. Maybe that helps them believe that you can make other impossible things happen. Build a podcast different from the shit that they've always known. <laughs> oh, God. All right, we'll see you next week for episode five. East Watch or Blood of the Dragon, <laughs> whichever one you want to believe that it is. Uh, and we'll be here for you, as always. Uh, check out... Um, the new episode, which is going to be coming out on Monday, so a few days from now, which will be episode 24, Dear Landlord. So we will see you then, and then for Mixed Up Confusion on Thursdays after, and obviously this for Friday. So, any final thoughts? Nope. See ya, bye! Ring out the bell.